Blog Talk Radio. here on February 29, 2016. Special Leap Year show on a Monday. I don't think we've ever had a show on a Monday before. But before we start, I'm going to tell you about a problem I had just the other day. Last week, my car started pulling to the right. And then the steering wheel started shaking a bit. And I started getting pretty scared. I thought it was going to fall apart right on the road. But all I thought I needed was a wheel alignment. So, you know, with confidence, I took the car to a big service center. It's called Canadian Tire. They told me that in addition to a wheel alignment, I needed a bunch of other things. And in fact, the wheel alignment, which was $110, was the cheapest thing I needed. So, you know, I don't know much about cars. I am very ignorant about cars. So I was in a quandary. Car repair shops have a terrible reputation for selling you things you don't really need. I remember once when I was a kid, the garage near our home sold my mother an engine shampoo, engine shampoo, and my father, when he heard about it, he went crazy. So here I was having to depend on the staff of this place, Canadian Tire, as trusted consultants while thinking that they might be trying to cheat me and that's not a good feeling even for a few hundred dollars and in recruiting the numbers we're dealing with are a lot more than that and the candidates know that the primary goal of a recruiter is to make a good hire for the company so they don't know who they can trust recruiters claim that the best deal for the candidates jerry can you stop eating in my introduction i can hear you Okay? Stop it. I'm almost done. Recruiters claim that the best deal for the candidate is also the best deal for the company. So there's no conflict of interest at all. Everything's just peachy clean. Peachy keen. I had a bad sleep last night. Some recruiters even claim that if the candidate was not getting a good deal, they would tell him or her to walk away from it because... They're going to look bad if they place someone who isn't going to be happy in her new position. Is that true? Did I get good advice about my car? Well, let's let the experts explain on Jerry. Jerry, what show is this? The Recruiting Animal like there's a subway going through the show. You know, the guests, I talked to them just before the show. They're in a car. I can hear what they're saying. All of a sudden, the show comes on, and it sounds like a big roar. I'm not going to be happy about that. But before I get unhappy, 
I want to stand. Oh, boy. This is the show is falling apart already. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm concerned, <laughs> animal. I'm concerned. You know Sorry, what? Tom just put the windows Michael. up. Yeah, Sorry, they, put the uh, they lowered the windows. They lowered the windows and stuck the phone out the window. I bet that's what they did, just to screw the stuff. Yeah, I bet that's what they did. Okay, Maureen, I just want everyone to know, Maureen is in the hospital. Her husband, Bob, had a little minor surgery. We often offer to pray, pray for people's job orders, yeah. but today we're going to do the usual Facebook thing. We're going to pray for Bob. We're just going to say recruiting I'm energy. I'm in the recovery room with Bob right now. Uh, 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 okay. I send your energy to Cincinnati. Okay. What kind of prayer was that? <laughs> it was non denominational. That's what it was, okay? That. Nobody could go after oh, like my religion for that, okay? So let's yeah, see what's yeah, next. Yeah. Let me see what's next. Okay. Before we, before we do anything, I was going to do an ad, but I don't know if anybody can hear me. Can you guys close your windows in that car? Uh, they are closed. Yeah, it's as good as it's going to get. Yeah. Okay. Is Martin Snyder I'm here? right now. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to do an ad. Okay. Historically, people have been fairly narrow-minded. That's no secret. They had no cars or radio, so all they knew were the people in their own village, and everybody else was considered to be a stranger. And, well, here comes the noise again. And even when they went beyond the village, how can I do an ad? Nepotism seemed to be the rule of the day. If you have a company... You know, in one of those backward countries, come after me if you want. You're obliged to hire your cousin or the same people, you know, from your clan or your tribe. And it's the same with recruiting software. I should stop. This is not going well. Jerry, am I right? Absolutely. Uh, Jerry. Jerry. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> you know what? You're going to be okay. There's six Jerry's on the show, Michael. It's all right. No, I'm, I know who you're talking about. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put our guests on hold till I finish mm. my ad, okay? Okay, because the ads paying for the show and they're Man, ever since oh. ever since you went commercial and sold out, it seems yeah. like all you want to do is run these ads. You don't care about your you listeners. I mean, it's, it's you, you, God, the ads are great. You sold out, Come dude. On. The okay. ads are good. Yeah. Okay. So look. If you're if you're living in a backward history, you're 2,000, 4,000 years ago, all you know is your little village, right? And you only trust people in your village, and you only care about people in your village. And some recruiting software is exactly the same. It's only made for direct hire, or it's only made for executive search, or it's only made for staffing. But there's one recruiting software that is way more inclusive than that and that's pc recruiter it embraces every kind of recruiting staffing search direct hire and if you want to check it out go to pcrecruiter.com martin snyder is the president of main sequence that's the company that produces pc recruiter and martin are you here today no okay <laughs> good I didn't want him to hear that. Okay, so let's go back to our guests. We've got superstars here today, four of them. They're in a car, a Cadillac, as far as I understand, driving from Atlanta to Florida to get the source fund. There's 
Rob McIntosh, who is one of the founders of ForceCon. Uh, there's Jim Stroud, who used to work for Rob McIntosh at Microsoft. There's Jeremy, who works for Rob McIntosh now. This is the Rob McIntosh universe. Jeremy, the same thing going on Jeremy is in charge. Sounds like we've got some nepotism going on. Yeah, a uh, small village kind of thing. And then there's the outsider, Gary Christman, okay? And, uh, he never worked. <laughs> He's actually the puppet master. You know all what? The puppet master. <laughs> you guys made enough noise that I am not going to. I'm canceling the song, okay? And we're going to the first question. <laughs> well, we're just going for the, the record, what question. song were we going to sing? You're so vain. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, I see everybody. It's well, the same words over and over again, okay? It doesn't take any breaks. Listen, let's get to the show before you guys totally wreck it, or maybe you make it better and wrecked already. Okay, sourcing department structure. What's the best structure for the sourcing team? What if, hey, are, are those guys still with us? Are you guys in the car listening? Don't wreck my show. Don't wreck the show. I trusted you. Are you using a landline? Yes, Centralized. I am. Oh, come on. Can you answer? Don't, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. What is the best sourcing structure? You asked that? He did. He did ask that. You know what? Tell us about the company. Your, your tell boss us about the company. Is there is a that? company involved in this? No. You guys tell me. You're the experts. You're the source com for. You know, it's like asking a doctor what's the best medicine to take without telling him any symptoms. Okay, you know what? Years ago, we had Shally on the show, and he told us you had a, a think it was a three-person structure at Microsoft. I have to answer the question myself. You had the sourcer who generated names. Then you had what they called networkers which the people who actually were recruiters and called people up. I think you might have had some relationship managers who dealt with the hiring manager directly. I'm not sure if it was a two-man or three-person uh, structure. Two. Two person. Okay, so great. Uh, is that the best way to go? Some companies, yes. Some okay, companies, well, not. Sometimes you're better off outsourcing it to an RPO. Why? When, when, would it, when is it better to go to an RPO? Low complexity, high volume, and you want to do it for low cost. Okay, yeah, this is going to be a great show. I'm I'm getting a lot of help from you. Thanks. Thanks for nothing. Okay, look, look, here's the thing. If if but today we keep hearing that the sourcers are also actually doing the recruiting. They do the initial screen, right? And and yeah. uh, one of the, one of the major conversations Everybody in the world thought that uh, online sourcing was for dweebs, you know, people who don't like uh, talking to people. They like to be sheltered in their little cubicle uh, and just talking, you know, clicking on the type pad, uh, typewriter, keyboard. And so now they have to be salespeople, which is the exact opposite of their psychological profile. How can it be? Why are you doing that? It's not about... It's not about changing sourcing. Sourcing changed, and we had to adapt to it. So you can't hold it back just because some people can't get the courage to make a phone call. 
that's not what is needed in most environments at this point. No, well, so, hold on. When Rob McIntosh was in charge of sourcing at Microsoft, you had your techies doing the name gen, and you had the guys who like talking to people, contacting people. What do you mean it changed? How could it change? That still exists, but to guarantee to guarantee yourself employment, you should know how to engage with candidates. You know, you're giving non-answers. You gave better answers last time you were on. Let me ask Rob, who actually had a system, and Jim Stroud worked there. Jim, I'll ask you because I'm not getting help from the other guys. Jimmy, are you there? All right, Adam. Okay. You, were, what was your job at Microsoft? Were you a name generation guy or were you a networker? I was a name generation guy, and I worked alongside a networker who actually warmed up the candidate and screened them and got them all hot and bothered for the job. Uh, I, I would also add on to Jeremy's kind, uh, comment in that sources today, if they want to remain viable or uh, yeah, remain viable and valuable, they need to be able to converse with candidates. They need to know how to engage them. Why? Now, the way technology, Why? The way technology Why? is because the way technology is is getting easier and easier to find people, but not everyone can pick up the phone and actually talk to someone. Especially when you look among the millennial generations who are so engrossed with the machines, with Instagram and emojis and so forth, they're losing the ability, I think, to actually look someone in the eye and have a conversation with them. Yeah, I everybody, think that everybody was future, good at that. Yeah. Now I'm gonna well, say, I'll say in the near future, a good sourcing training may include soft skills such as uh, having conversation with someone. Uh, okay, now, okay, let me cut you off. Let me cut you off. Okay, Jim, you were just okay. telling us that your old job is either non-existent now or it has been denigrated. You you don't need many, you know many skills or brains to generate the names. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that over time, like every industry, there would be advances and changes. And, and just like with you know every industry, you know what, Jerry? Not Jerry Crispin, Jerry Albright. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are these guys just, you know, talking about nothing and saying nothing and, you know, uh, not giving us any concrete examples? Man, you uh, you're, you're asking me to personally attack four fine gentlemen driving down the road, and I'm not going to do it. Why not? I'm going to do they, it. They deserve it. That's not my style, man. Maureen, Maureen, are you going to help me? <laughs> Maureen, Maureen, you don't like these guys who do the online sourcing. You know, you can be on my side. It's not that I don't. It's I like them just fine. We just have a fork in the road. Uh huh. Yeah. They know how I feel. Maureen's got Maureen's got some buggy whips to sell. Okay, leave her alone. Buggy whips to sell. A bunch of them. The fork in the road is that someone doesn't want to adapt to reality and accept reality. Whoa. Who is that okay. speaking? It's, I don't that want to tell you because you'll get Jeremy. mad at him. That, yeah. That's the fork, Maureen. It, time has changed. Yeah. I don't know why times have changed. Uh, unless what I said is it's so easy to get names. They're littered all over the place. So you don't need anybody with name-gathering skills anymore. No. The old sort, there's no sorcerers anymore. All those weebs, all those techie guys, 
who just like to be on the computer and, you know, deal with things instead of people, there's no jobs for them anymore. That's what you're saying. No, that's They're gone. That's not true. That is not true. And, and nobody is saying that home sourcing doesn't work. Everything, it's like if you make a statement that you need to be able to identify and engage, it's like you're saying Maureen's career was a waste and it's you're saying that it is a waste now. Yeah, you're, that's what you just told her. No, 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 no
that's a statement I would make, and it's based on more anecdotal shit than any serious. What is it with this shit and bullshit? This is a family show, okay, Kermit? <laughs> Hey, hey, so Jerry, are you saying that there is no value in tracking your source of candidates? Oh no, I think I think there's an extraordinary uh, value. It's just no one's doing it. Okay, I, maybe I misinterpreted when you said source of hire is bullshit. Yeah, that's what I no, thought he said. I thought that you meant source of hire was bullshit. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. So perhaps I misread that. I apologize. Okay. I spoke. The data surrounding source of hire is bullshit. It's it's validity. It's accuracy. Yes. People don't even know where their mm-hmm. hires are coming from, though it right. would be good to know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got another question for the sourcers. Can a good sourcer, or can a any sourcer, do a good job looking for a kind of person he's never sourced before? Yes. Who wants to answer that question? Yes. Maureen says yes. I'll say, I'll say yes because that's how I got started. I was uh, yes. applying for a job as a sourcer in the 90s, and I asked uh, the person who was interviewing me, how does a sourcer go about finding resumes, and they did not know. So I went and figured it out, and they hired me once I proved I could do it. Where was so, that yeah. that you got hired? Where was that? That was at MCI in 1997. Okay, so what about today? Things have progressed. Uh, is it still true that a person who has never sourced in a certain area before can do a good job? Yes. Yes. Uh, because there are plenty of places someone can go to get training or they can just figure it out like I did to a certain extent. Like I can uh, look at a recipe and figure out how to cook a cake, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a great chef. It meant that I was able to pick up enough to get the cake made. It doesn't mean it's a great cake or it tastes good or anything like that. I think with further training, I can become a chef, but with a minimal amount of training, a little bit of tenacity insight, I can pump my way. Yeah, okay, game. hold on a sec. Look, i got to talk to Maureen and Jerry to interpret what you guys are saying for me. Jerry, mm-hmm. did he just say that a person who is not working in a special niche, you know, can do a mediocre job? They can make a cake that doesn't taste very good necessarily? Or, or it might taste really good. He yeah. said, he said that, of course, you can do it. I think the question's kind of lame, really. Really? Do if, there's a, if there's anybody that claims to be a sorcerer that couldn't go track somebody in a new profession down, come on, dude. I mean, that's what about, there's what about basics here, dude. My mom could probably do it. She's not even a sorcerer. <laughs> so I would assume, assume a sorcerer could. What about a recruiter? What about a recruiter? Of course. Jeez, man. You've got four outstanding professionals driving in a... In a you're blowing it, is what I'm saying. You were blowing yeah, it with stupid-ass questions. Help me out. Help me out. You're here. A little loud now. What do they do? You know what? When they get mad, they open the window. I don't think it's a stupid no. question, and I don't think everyone has the, the personality to want to do it. Well, hold on then, Maureen. Then they're not a sorcerer. Maureen. Maureen. Then they're not a sorcerer. It takes patience. It takes patience. Maureen, then they're not yes. a sorcerer. We're talking about can the sorcerer go find anybody? You just said anybody can do it. I don't think anybody can do it. It oh takes God, patience. I was being... Oh, no, that's man. not what he said, Maureen. I, I, the I guess, just for the out. guys who are listening, I put you guys on hold so we can hear each other ourselves talk. So hold on. 
Jim Stroud said, first he said, yes, a, a sorcerer can find anybody. I did yeah. it when I went to apply for a job. Then he said, well, you know what? It's like baking a cake. I can bake a cake even if I'm not a good chef. You know, it'll be mediocre, but I can do it. You'll get a cake. Now, yep. Maureen is addressing another question. Maureen is saying not everybody is cut out to be a, a name generator, and I agree right. with her, or a recruiter. That's a different question. Maureen, I'm opera asking if people have to work within a niche in order to be good, or if they have a generalized expertise that they can take into any business sector at the drop of a hat. That's generalized expertise. Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. Maureen, you understand? Question. Okay, How many questions do you have left? Can work across any I got tons. You want to go, Jerry? You can go. You can go. No, no, I was just wondering. I mean, that, that was kind of a lame question. I'm hoping to get to a good one. Okay, here's one. Here's one. Okay. Our, corporate, our corporate recruiters, this is for you guys in the car. Our corporate recruiters, dumb. <laughs> our corporate recruiters, dumb. Because we've heard, I heard at a major, I heard at a major conference that lots of them, don't know what employment brand is, about half, and about half of them don't know that sourcing is not sourcing res, sort, sorting resumes. They think sourcing is sorting resumes. We were told this by consultants who work with major companies. So I just concluded these, well, some of these corporate recruiters must be real dumb or inexperienced. What's the truth? They're dumb and inexperienced, like hiring managers. Yeah? Okay. That's from Rob McIntosh. And what's your current title, Rob, just so everybody knows? <laughs> Sorry, I can't. Well, can you repeat that, Mike? What was your first title? No, My what's your title, title now? What's your title? I want to know what authority is giving that statement that these corporate recruiters are dumb. A Tim Hackett, Tim Hack, Sackett, rather, Tim Sackett came on the show, and he said they are dumb. I agree. So, it, 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 look, it's degrees of. No, I, I, let's say some means you can't learn. I think a lot of them are new and maybe not well-trained. I think a lot of training today comes from technology providers. So you install an ATS or you get a corporate LinkedIn license, and people are leaving training to the technology providers, which is feeding to this problem and making it even worse. So I don't think they're dumb. I think they're not taught properly. Hold on a second. That's a new question. Why are you saying the technology providers don't uh, don't uh, offer good uh, instruction? Because we had that discussion here just a couple of weeks ago that the problem for many of these corporate recruiters is they don't know how to use a search engine properly, so the technology provider actually teaches them. Well, they teach them not how to recruit and close and manage a hiring manager and use best practices. They teach them to use that specific tool. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Maureen, you're having a conversation with Bob, Maureen? I'm I'm struggling to hear Jeremy as it is. Okay. Should I should I close your mic, Maureen? There. I'm gonna close Maureen, I'm gonna close Maureen's mic Maureen's mic for a minute. She's an awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna close your mic. Okay. Jeremy you know what? We're not talking about skills. We're talking about if they're ignorant and dumb. Because, because what I was heard in the major conferences from people who go out to these companies, 
they don't know what employment branding is. If you're on, if you're following recruiting online, that's all anyone talks about now. They don't know what sourcing is. They think it's, you know, getting the applications and, and, and filing them. Come on. Is it true or not? Yes. Already said the answer once. Yeah, well, that I've was been you. the second time. Okay. 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 Hey, what do you guys want to talk about? Since I've, I'm not, I'm struggling with the sound, which I always hate. Okay, what's? Oh, here's one. Jerry Crispin. Jerry Crispin. You there, Jerry? Jerry. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm here. Never, I'm, I'm never, I'm never gonna do an interview from a car again. I promise, everybody that's listening to this, for everybody that's hung up already. I promise. But what's the future of third-party recruiters? Since there's so much automation and uh, databases open to everybody, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for third-party recruiters, particularly because most corporations are going to get smaller and smaller and have fewer and fewer resources. The large companies are pretty much dead. Really? Why do They're you say that? Why do you say that? Because because I think the data shows that many of the larger companies are doing less hiring, doing more automation, hiring fewer people, and the resources around them are going to be very different than the resources around a small company. So the, the, the opportunity is third, for third party is to become the recruiting arm for that small company, and I think that's what you're going to see a growth of. Okay. Jerry, is, uh, Jerry Albright, is that true for you already? Um, I don't have enough information on it. Uh, okay. So, Jimmy Albright, so are there companies, are there companies where you do all of the recruiting for that company? Oh, sure. Well, not, only in, only in my field, though. Like, I'm not doing accounting and HR and plant management. Okay. So but even, being an IT recruiting company, yeah, some of my customers, I don't even know who the HR people are. Okay. I, I, oh, yeah, but then other I companies. Think, I mean, they have a giant talent department, and you never get to talk to a manager. So, so across the board. So, if, my, if you were my main go-to, I might come to you for every single job and ask you to find other recruiters who have specialties to get that part of it done as well, and I'd give you a piece of the action. Oh, uh, you probably could. It 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 hasn't happened yet, but. Okay, well, but what I see is, look, look Apple, gonna... Jerry, Apple started in a garage. Now they're a giant company. Uh, look at uh, right. all these companies that are doing the employment branding. They're huge companies like Cisco, Pepsi, Oracle. They've got so many people, they can have a special department just for recruitment advertising, recruitment social media. I don't see the yeah. drift. I don't see the drift that you're talking I see the drift is with the big companies are expanding their recruiting departments rather than reducing them. And they're they're hiring yeah. third-party recruiters to bring them inside. I thought that was the trend. Now, that's a different question. <laughs> you asked me what was going to happen with third-party recruiting. So yeah. I'm just telling you, I think the growth in third-party is going to be with the smaller companies in being able to do all of their all of their work. So that's one issue. The okay, largest companies... But to answer the question, the largest companies, they are, they're basically increasing their specialization. So they do have employment branding. 
Disney, for example, has nearly 20 people in marketing, in talent acquisition, just for employment branding around the globe. They also have another 19 people in analytics. And you're going to see more people being hired in talent acquisition operations. So the larger companies are becoming much more specialized. There'll be fewer recruiters, in my opinion, in the long run, and more specialization about how we engage and how we continue to have communications with the candidates that are gotten. Okay, so what you're saying is now, that if I understand you correctly, that third-party recruiters are going to lose the uh, market. The big companies are going to be reduced to the small to medium companies. That's where their future is. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is. I would say, I would go further. I would say that in the United States, in large companies, the third-party marketplace is already zero, almost zero. It's probably no more than 2 to 3%. And any large company that truly goes beyond that 2 to 3% should be firing more recruiters and hiring the third-party recruiters to come inside and be a corporate recruiter. Uh-huh. Okay. And what about then Let's the future of inbound marketing? If you listen to Matt Charney, it sounds like inbound marketing is the future of recruiting. There's no need for you know uh, a lot of recruiters, like you said. Uh, it's, it's, it's a balance. You know, nothing will disappear. Hell, there there are companies that are still putting ads in newspapers. So, you know, nothing is going to disappear totally. Inbound marketing will will certainly grow, but there's a lot of job families that inbound marketing will have no true impact on uh, without the recruiters. Like? Like? Such as? High-complexity, high-demand positions will always need recruiting. What are those those specifically? I don't understand what that means. Uh, They could be uh, something like high-speed packaging engineers. Data scientists. Things that are highly critical to the business that are difficult to find, and you have to talk them into considering a change and get them excited about the opportunity. That's probably 20% of the job. The inbound marketing is going to bring applicants to your jobs, and then all the automation that is taking place is going to match those and screen those, and, and that is going to become more automated in the future, whereas the that, that 20% Okay, let me move over. Let me, uh, 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 let me change gears, okay? When it comes to sourcers, who's more creative, young people or experienced people? Who's changing things? Who's <laughs> Those people are. It's not a generational thing. What a stupid question, Michael. What a stupid question, Michael. You know what? I got to tell you something. Every article. No, no, no. Every article says there's a generational issue. Young people are always more creative than old people. But I happen to read an article about by Adam Grant last week, and he said old people who've got a lot of experience. Uh, they're not early adapters, but they've got a lot of creative ability as well, based on the vast range of their knowledge. So, Michael, uh, Adam Grant just finished a book that that article was taken from. It's called Originals. Yeah. If you look at that, if you look at the book, and I just finished reading it, um, and I certainly recommend it, it by and large looks at the different ways that people are innovative and creative and the way that young people are innovative and creative is different than those with experience. 
the young people are much more willing to um, to take risky uh, advice, you know, do risky things, and and older folks tend to do things based more on the data of what they know and use that to be innovative. Whereas uh, the young people, by and large, will jump into almost anything that has no data. So how's that manifesting itself in recruiting or sourcing? Offhand, that's, that's a tough question. I think that now that's a good question um, because I do think I do think uh, Grant had some pretty good data to back that up, and what it would suggest, uh, shooting from the hip here, is that is that I would I would probably go after the younger folks uh, to te- to test out some of the new products, technologies, and tools to try to figure out what, how they could be used. Whereas I would be, I would be taking that data that they produce and giving it to some of the more experienced people to figure out how to refine what we, how we would then use that um, if we scaled it up in the corporation. Yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. I got to think about that. Why okay. Is that I think you talked about this uh, the other day, uh, uh, that brother. It was about it's, just, it's a commercial that uh, has nothing but emojis in it. What was the commercial? L'Oreal. L'Oreal. was L'Oreal. Yeah. Now, some, now uh, that speaks to a certain generation, and a certain generation would think to do that. An older generation would not think to do something like that. So I don't I know think if you're right that. about that. I don't know if you're right about that. With emojis as opposed to some other kind of sign language. Okay, go ahead with the show. You want to talk about it more? Okay, I'm going to do another. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I gotta put you guys on hold so it can be heard, okay? Hold on a second. Okay. Hi everybody, recruiting animal here. And I wanna ask you a question. What do you want from recruiting software? I'm gonna tell you, you want four things. You want low cost, you want low hassle, you want good results, and you want good service, and that's what you get from PC Recruiter. It's made by our good friend, Martin Snyder. He calls it the Swiss Army Knife of recruiting. And you know why? Because it's good for every kind of recruiting, staffing, executive search, and direct hire. It's the choice of 3,000 companies worldwide. And if you want to be a user or just check it out, go to PCRecruiter.com. That's PCRecruiter.com. And now back to the show. I'm going to open up the lines again. Okay, now you guys have a feel for the show now. Is there anything you'd like to talk about, or should I keep coming up with my question? You can come come up with your question. Okay. Do you want to talk about candidates? Candidate experience? No, no, just candidates. What do you mean? Who's talking now? I don't don't hire. The ones, the ones you don't hire. Yeah. Well, who's talking? Go ahead. It's Jerry Christmas. I'm just saying. One of the things I think is uh, is not talked about enough is what we do with those folks that we don't hire. What do you mean? Making them feel good? Uh, no, no, no. Making use of them down the road so that they spend their time going out and helping you, uh, refer- helping to refer other people to you. How do you do, how do you get them to do that? Pay them? Maybe. 
How do you get to do that? How do you get them to do that? I, I You know, I'm the uh, non-referral king. I keep telling people, how do you get referrals? Call someone up. I'm not interested. Who do you know? I don't know anybody. That's my life, okay? You tell me what to do. <laughs> well, maybe if you did learn to spell candidate experience, they might go out of their way to refer. Give me an example, Jerry. Don't leave it at that, okay? An example? You mean like a company that's doing it? or No, get concrete. Uh, whatever you want. Company. Just don't leave it high level. On this show, you got to get granular, okay? That's my motto. Okay, all right. All right. So, so if you treat them well, 78% of them will go out of their way to find somebody to refer to you. And if you treat them poorly, 40% of them will go out of their way to tell people not to come work for you. Uh-huh. We're still at a high level. Exactly. Let's get down to the okay, individual recruiter. What are we talking about? Let's bring it down a level then. Okay, so what are some things an individual contributor can do to improve candidate experience? So we kind of know what the organization can do. What, no, we how, don't. What the, we don't know, but we'll come back to that. Well, I don't know what the organization can do. He didn't say, okay? Okay, let Jerry define that thing. Go ahead, Jerry. Five things they can do that, that account for about 80% of that. One is the extent to which the recruiter helps them understand what's coming next, one way or the other. At whatever level they are, at whatever place they are, recruiters who help the candidate understand what's coming next. If it's an interview, if it's a job offer, if it's if it's go, if it's a rejection, the extent to which they do that increases the candidate experience rating by the candidate. Period. Hold on a sec. That's Hold on. So if you tell them, look, I don't think you did too well in your interview. I don't think you're going to get this job. That improves the relationship with the candidate. Is that what you just said? Yes. Oh. I don't know how. If you set expectations. It increases the rating that the candidate gives about the experience that they had. Second, if you demonstrate that you actually listened to a candidate who told you or wanted to tell you something about what is happening in the recruiting process, if you demonstrate you listen, you will get a higher rating from the candidate you do not hire. What does that mean? What does it mean? What does it mean in real terms? Give me an example. Example. I thought I did give an example. So obviously I did a bad example. No, if, you um, What is it? Hello? Yeah, are, Maureen, do you want to say something? Yeah, I'm talking okay, to I'll the nurse. Example. Go ahead. Hey, Maureen. So, Hello? so if, a, if a candidate calls you and says, you know, I expected to hear from you, uh, after three day, after we talked three days ago, I expected to hear from you sooner than this. If your response is to argue with them rather than tell, rather than demonstrate that you heard what they said, uh huh. One is listening, one is not. Okay, hold on. The, uh, sorry, somebody's. I think nine seven two wants to say something, but one minute. What do you mean oh. demonstrating that you, you hear what you, they said? You're, you say, oh, geez, I'm sorry, or please forgive no, me? No, 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 no,
Oh, that's not demonstrating you listen. Active listening is repeating back in your oh, words. Hey, active listening. That's a joke. I think active listening is a joke. It, you, you just make it sound like you're a tape recorder, and, and they know, everybody knows that's can't now. I want to say something. If you say, oh, Michael, you think I... Michael, Michael, yeah. Michael, if I understand correctly, what you're actually saying, and if I'm hearing you correctly, is active listening is actually bad. That's right, yeah. You want to, If you say something like that three four times, I'm going to say, this guy, Australian guy with the accent, he thinks he's going to manipulate me with that kind of psychological trick. And I'm going to give him all the names of my friends because he's telling me what I just said. You've already demonstrated why no one refers anyone to you. Okay, thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Okay, what's all I did in? What's all Okay. What does nine? Somebody wanted to talk here. Is that nine seven two? Is that nine seven two? Somebody wanted I'm, to say something. No. I'm nine seven two. Did you say something? Did you want to talk? I'll give you a chance, but you don't have to. Oh no. Um, Maureen sh- sh- asked me to call in. This is Trish Dirk. I'm a sorcerer here in Dallas. Oh yeah, Dallas. sure. You're. I hear you say uh, witty things on the on the group. Do you have a question for these guys? Is there something you'd like to say? No, she just wanted me to call in, and I guess you guys must have been talking about how many recruiters okay. do support. Okay. Fine. Fine. Can you hear Fine. me? Okay. If, you, if you have to, barely, but uh, it sounds like you're in a car as well. But if you have I'm not in a car. I'm not in a car. I'm okay. on a landline. Yeah. yeah, okay. If you have something to say, feel free. <laughs> Jerry Crispin's going to give us, what are there, two more or three more ways to get referrals? Can I, can I throw one in? Get up here. Get up here. Okay, I'm going to throw it in. I, I, don't, I just actually, I just sent you a tweet to an article I wrote on how to deal with unqualified candidates, and this could probably help you with referrals and down the road. Have, have it, uh, I, I suggest using like a template email that says, hey, thanks for contacting me, um, but this is what I recruit for. I recruit for job title one, two, and three. I place candidates in uh, these cities, cities one, two, and three. And this is uh, what I basically do. If that's you, let's continue to talk in the future. If that's not you, then who do you know? That way it'll save you more time for, for uh, turning people away. Okay, I've I've just retweeted. J- uh, Jim reached, uh, Stroud sent me uh, an article, a link to an article. If someone wants to see it, just go to his screen or mine. Let's finish with uh, and then, uh, hold on. Story. It's the last part on it. It's the last part on it. Even though you uh, send an email out saying this is what I recruit for, at the very end of your email, give them some kind of gift, like uh, a link to a job hunting article or something like that, something that gives them some sort of assistance in some way. That way it'll sort of separate you from the other recruiters who just delete the email when they get it. Am I am I stupid? Because I think links to articles are not gifts. Okay, I, I don't I don't think that's a gift. Well, I was just saying, just something digital that you don't have to have to come out of pocket. If you for. send me a pound of coffee, that's a gift. Okay, a link to an article is not a gift. Michael, well, I have to agree with you. I'd agree with you a million percent on that one. Okay, thank uh, you, Rob. Thanks. Well, out, oh, look at that sneaky person. I would give out, e- I give out um, e-books. That's what I do. Yeah, that's, that's what not I bad. Yeah, maybe that's not. It seems so, like something special. Do they happen to be the e-books that you've written yourself? By yes. Yeah, uh, okay, yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> 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 the download link to the one that's not free. Yeah. No, but I, I do give out e-books. 
So, yeah, there you go. I want to finish with Jerry Crispin and his tips for softening up the candidates so they want to help you. What is What, what are we at? Number three or number four? You're at number two, actually. But uh, three is an easy one for you. Um, obviously, you want to close on people that you do hire. You ought to be closing on those you don't hire as well. And 85% of recruiters do not, do not let the person who did not get the job know, period. If they did, they would be appreciated. Okay, so that's what I've always seen. That's the big thing in candidate experience. Let someone know they didn't get the job. Is that the key? And they're going to help me because they say thanks but no thanks? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I don't think so. I don't have any proof. It just goes against human nature. You rejected me, Jerry. Thanks for kicking me in the ass, okay? I want to help you. You're my best friend. Obviously, the way in which you do that probably does turn them off even more. But but fundamentally, uh, the proof is there. The data is there. It does suggest that there's appreciation on the part of those people who did not get the job and learn about it from the recruiter or the hiring manager. So, so how do you make them work for you? Later on, you can send that person, that rejected soul, uh, an email saying, who do you know for my next job, and they'll they'll refer somebody. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, maybe not as, as exactly the way you described, but yes. Yes. The answer is I can build relationships with people that I turn down. Well, don't leave at high and level. Have. That means nothing to me, okay? That means nothing to me. Make it concrete. What am I going to get from this person? An e-book or a link to an article that I don't want? No. 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 A quality candidate you're going to hire. Really? Okay. okay. There we've got something, everybody. If you reject people and let them know it, they're going to be people you can call on in the future to help you. I do not believe that, but Jerry Crispin <laughs> says the, inform- the data is there, the big data. That's it. Okay. Even little data, even little data is there for that, without okay. a doubt. Okay. You know what? That My first ad was so muffled because I didn't know enough to cut you guys off that I'm going to do another ad uh, before the show's over. You know right now. Okay. Hold on. Hold on a sec. Hold on one sec. Okay. Hi, I'm back with you, everybody. On behalf of my sponsor, PCRecruiter.com. And the point that my friend, Martin Snyder, the president of Main Sequence, likes to make is that his product, PC Recruiter, is the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. There's a lot of good recruiting software. He's told me many times. The problem is lots of it is segmented. It's focused on one kind of recruiting, be it executive search or direct hiring or staffing. His software, PC Recruiter, it likes everybody. Whatever kind of recruiting you're doing, PC Recruiter can help you. If you want to be a user, go to PCRecruiter.com. And I'll say something else. Martin Snyder is not living in any ivory tower. He walks among us. He's in my recruiting group at RecruitingTricks.com. You want to talk to him? You can find him there. Now back to the SourceCon 4. They are on the road from Atlanta to Florida. SourceCon 4! 
Star. Yeah, right on. Okay. There's somebody else just joined us. Let me say, 571, do you want to say anything? Do you have any questions for the superstars uh, in that car? Yes. Um, yes, go ahead. Who is it? Hey, it's Mike Wolford. How are you guys? Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, this isn't a show about greetings. It's a show about questions and statements. Go ahead. Say something to stand Sure. So, a lot of news and the noise has been made about LinkedIn purchasing Connectifier. Do you think Connectifier is gone now? LinkedIn has been ridiculed as well. Like, hey, the last person at LinkedIn gets a license. LinkedIn is a thing of the past now. What do you think will happen to Connectifier in this merger? And what's the future of LinkedIn enforcing? And we were talking about so... What was? Oh, you want me to answer yeah, this? Actually, everyone's looking at me and yeah, yeah. So I don't know about the tactical. I'm sorry, that's my nav system telling me something. Sorry. Um, I I think we all believed in some way, shape, or form that doesn't matter what LinkedIn does, it's still very viable. Recruiters are going to continue to use it until something else comes along that's better. And at this stage, there's nothing else along to get them off the sourcing crack. I think with the Connectifier deal, I think it'll be interesting to see what part of that product survives that benefits recruiters, you know, through the Connectifier tool. I think it'll be interesting to see what they had behind the curtain that LinkedIn wants to apply to its own data and what recruiters who are accustomed to using it on top of LinkedIn to see more contact information. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't want to talk about this. No, no, Mike Walford is actually, I I have a question for Mike Walford. I'm tired of LinkedIn, okay? Uh, okay, Mike Walford, Jerry Crispin, this is for you, okay? Mike Walford just wrote an article last week, and he said, with your rejected candidates, you should go out of your way to spend time trying to find them a new job. That sounds ridiculous to me. Mike Walford, I wanted you to justify that, and I want Jerry Crispin to tell us if it's a reasonable thing to do. Sure. Um, yeah, I saw that you retweeted that, but... Um yeah, you do help people. I send them, it's a very nice network to have. I mean, we got started in Recruit DC, and it was cleared space. So it's hard to find candidates of a top secret full scope poly. So when they didn't get your job, you share that resume with another recruiter that recruits in that space. You help the candidate. Hopefully they pay it forward and send you some of their friends who were cleared. In the meantime, you sent a good candidate to one of your recruiting friends, and they start sending people back to you. So you end up being able to get possible referrals in two directions. It's very helpful. I don't know. That doesn't sound realistic to me. What percentage of rejected candidates can you get jobs for? Well, whether I can get jobs for them or not is is immaterial. If I can help them and get them pointed in the right direction. Uh, uh, What does that mean? They'll remember. What does it mean? Pointed in the right direction. Send a link to an article? I mean, I suppose if that's the right direction, if their resume is a mess or something, right? I can answer that. I would argue that every single military recruiter in the United States is doing that right now. They're helping helping, uh, their, their men and women in arms 
not only get the job in the company if they, if they can, but they're pointing them in the right direction by giving them uh, connections to other people in the recruiting community who are military recruiters so that they're passing their, their buddies on. And the end result is the end result is that community is growing stronger and stronger. And okay, now, I, okay, I, could, go ahead. I see that in at least 30 different companies that I, I deal with. And some of those recruiters now have connections inside competitive companies. So when they do get a really cool job, maybe a year from now, they've got people inside of other companies that they can call immediately who are going to take their call because they were helped before. Okay, you're supporting Mike Walford, and Mike Walford got a lot more specific here. He got more specific here than before. Does that work in any other environments or just that specialized niche? I think it works in a lot of Really? I don't. I'm using military as an example. It's an obvious one. Okay. Okay, Mike, you want to come back? I'll give you a break before the show ends. Jerry, is there an after show? Are you still here? I'm here. No, he well, the other Jerry. Oh, the other Jerry. Hey. Jerry, you don't you don't leave the after show, Jerry. Christian, wake up. Hey, hey is Josh Akers is 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 work farce on the line? He says on Twitter that he called in. Maureen said he had the sexiest voice ever on this show. But although he has been succeeded by Travis Yeager, are you on the line, work farce? No, but I'll send him a hello anyway. What's the last topic we should talk about before we before we let you guys go? Facebook. Talk about recruiting on Facebook. Is it going to happen more than you guys have seen? Thank you. For once, I agree with Rob. But before we answer that question or talk about that topic, let me ask you something. You've been in North America for most of your life right now. Why do you still talk like an Australian? Why don't you smarten up and speak like us, okay? I don't know. I've tried to actually. I've gone to professionals to lose my accent, and I can't fix whatever they give me. It just won't work. I can't believe it. Okay, what about Facebook now? Let's go. Do you guys think that more and more recruiting and sourcing and relationships are starting to happen on Facebook? And more recruiters are realizing that the candidates they want to get, they need to go to Facebook now, not to LinkedIn. I'm posing that question to the car, and I'm posing that question to your Canadian friends, Michael, and I'm posing that question to anyone else on the line. Yeah, I think so, without a doubt. Well, back it up. Don't just say yeah, okay? It's a show. No, I'm not allowed to ask a question. You don't have to ask all of them. The groups that I'm joining now of recruiters are all on Facebook. I haven't joined any any LinkedIn groups now for for over a year. Okay, but that's Um, a discussion group. Gary, 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 I run a group. I run a group. I know you're right about that. But here's the thing. There's all kinds of people applying to be members of my group every day. They have no professional information on Facebook. How can they possibly be searchable and useful to recruiters? Gary Crispin, come on back. Tell me what you think. I think you're wrong. I think think the ability to to sort from among all of those folks out there, to be able to to communicate in a targeted way to those folks is just increasing more and more. Facebook is becoming much more easy uh, uh, easy to do that with. Okay, at the end of the show. It's going to take time. Anybody else want to... 
Anybody else want to come in on that? Who says they've made hires or they're making tons of money from Facebook? Well, I think any social media that doesn't pick up on chat, on like we like we communicate on Facebook, any social media platform that doesn't do that, doesn't make hay with that, is foolish. Uh-huh. I don't know what you're saying, Maureen. Are you in a car as well? No, no I'm still in the hospital. Oh, oh, you're talking low. I gotta like tell you, this is the first per time a person has called a show from intensive care. Okay, post op. Congratulations. <laughs> okay, is there? Is anybody else want to talk about Facebook? We're at the hour mark. It's the show's almost over. We can talk. There's not that many people here. We can talk a long time. If you guys want to Come talk on, a little Jerry, more, Jerry Albright. I don't know. I know if you know this show. He's gone. gone. I wanted to hear what he's saying about Facebook. <laughs> there he's gone. It's one hour. Okay, let's end the show. Are we going to sing a song to end the show, or should I just play the regular music? Okay? I will. Mike Walford, you're the time caller. Got something to say? Still with us? Mike? Mike Walford. No. Yeah, I'm still here. You have something else? Boy, don't sound so excited. You still have something else to say? You have something else you'd like to say? First time caller? Uh, no, I'm good, but thanks for having me. Okay, well, thanks for calling in. And Rob McIntosh, the great Jimmy Stroud. I'm Jeremy R. Jeremy Roberts, the head guy at uh, SourceCon, and the great, most famous recruiting consultant in the world, Jerry Crispin. Thank you! Ah!